This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Let's take a look at headlines from around our region right now. Of course, uh, front and center is uh, the ripple effect that our region might feel from the visit of U.S. House of Representative Speaker Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan. It is on the front page of the Straits Times this morning. We'll also take a look at Malaysia. Now they've got an oversupply of chicken. Okay. Plus Indonesia blocking PayPal, search engine website Yahoo, and several gaming services. What does this mean and how uh, drastic a move is this? On the line with me this morning is Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Elliot. How are you doing? Not too bad, although I have to admit, I mean, taking a look at the various headlines that are coming out thick and fast on the back of uh, U.S. House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi visiting Taiwan, arriving in Taipei last night, it's quite shocking. She was in KL prior to that, and I understand even her flight was being tracked. You know, it looked like she was going somewhere else and then a quick turn and it, you know, lands in Taipei. First of all, Leslie, let's talk about her trip to Malaysia. What were some of the highlights there? Well, you know, I think there were widely courtesy calls ahead of a more controversial stops in Taiwan. And I think she'd be moving to, from what we gather with Japan and South Korea after this. Both are strong allies of the U.S. I think to Singapore and Malaysia, it was to demonstrate Washington's commitment to the region. And both countries have only further stressed that, you know, further stable U.S. China ties are crucial for the region. Mm. I think you know we can expect some saber rattling as we go. The flight path was clearly avoiding the contested South China Sea area uh, before she landed in Taiwan, which is quite interesting actually mm. the way she handled this. But you know, I think in the hours to come, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be a key item in our new cycle, you know, in the hours to come. I got a hand to her. This this lady, I, I do admire her. She's got nerves of steel. Wow. Um, and she's not younger. She's quite old. But we're here in this area and no doubt there is a dependence on good relationship with China. There is also a dependence on good relationship with the US. So it feels like we're going to be in a bit of a sandwich. I mean, what's your opinion in terms of ripple effects for you know both our countries, Malaysia and Singapore, for example? I think, you know, this is something that all of us, not just in Malaysia and Singapore, but ASEAN too, will have to handle. And this is going to be a case in, you know, the upcoming ASEAN meeting. It's going to be contentious issues, you know. And China is always a key player in many of these issues, like from Myanmar to South China Sea to a whole lot of these things. So I think this thing is not going to go away. And I think a more united stand that ASEAN takes on this will help the grouping actually find greater relevance, you know, in these very difficult times, I think. Mm. So leadership in ASEAN is going to be very crucial. And I think with all these issues at play, it's just going to renew the relevance of ASEAN, I think, you know, ah. which is a good thing. Okay. That's an interesting point uh, that you bring up, you know, the relevance of ASEAN. I mean, we do have the series of uh, foreign ministers meetings in Phnom Penh, which is uh, the Cambodian capital. So if we had to, you know, take on that difficult task of setting an agenda, this surely rises to the top simply because it's so recent. But what about the conflict uh, between Russia and Ukraine? How much does that factor in and what issues need to be discussed here? Well, you know, I think that's going to be key because... 
China can play a huge role. We've got issues about uh, food stability, food supply stability. All of these issues are going to take a big precedence. There are going to be other issues too, you know, the admission of East Timor into the bloc, you know. Oh, yeah. And then also, exactly, and then we've got, you know, issues of South China Sea. I mean, and Cambodia being the chair, mm. they've always been very, very hesitant to name China in any kind of way or put China in the spot. They've been a recipient of a lot of Chinese financial help. Yeah. So we're going to see, you know, these prickly issues come. And like I said earlier, you know, the stronger position that ASEAN nations take on these kind of issues and, you know, to basically add their differences, you know, their their concerns is going to be key. And that will just increase the relevance of ASEAN. Mm, hopefully it goes beyond dialogue and some constructive action is taken. Uh, speaking of constructive action, uh, we want to turn our attention now to Malaysia. Okay, what happened here? First, uh, not enough chicken, now too much chicken. <laughs> uh, Leslie, Malaysia is what, in a position to export poultry again? There is an oversupply. What are you trying to do here? Well, this is an interesting turn of events, but just... After the reaction just several weeks ago about shortages yeah. and, you know, Malaysia bans exports to Singapore and then it makes allowances for imports from Thailand. And now, you know, the reaction in, in the social media about this latest turn of events is interesting. I mean, of course, it's widespread disappointment. And, you know, people are questioning whether there's any real policy, you know, proper policy towards uh, you know, ensuring food security in the country for staple products like chicken, eggs, and all this kind of stuff. So I think, you know, with supply regularized now, since the government has said so, questions are going to be asked whether prices will come down. Mm. One. And I think the other issue is going to be how quickly can exporters, poultry farms in Malaysia, to get to the Singapore uh, consumers and tell them, look, we're ready to export now. And, you know, the thing is that that gap, that vacuum has already been filled by Singapore, you know, with other suppliers. So really it's going to be tough times for Malaysian poultry farmers. And the question is, once again, going back to policy, is there policy here? Mm. So there is disappointment, widespread disappointment. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. On the line with me is Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Time. Actually, talking about policy, uh, it's an interesting piece that's come out. This law to prevent members of political parties from jumping ship in Malaysia. Uh, that's been in works for a while. It's finally been passed in Parliament. Is it possible to have such a law? Is it allowed? Why the need to implement something like this? You know, elected MPs and state representatives in state assemblies crossing over to parties either to bring down an elected government or, you know, adding support to weak administrations have been you know, a kind of phenomena in Malaysian politics. Mm-hmm. But I think since the 2018 election, which, you know, saw AMNO and the National Front kicked out of power, you know, because of this hopping, crossing over from alliances, we've seen three prime ministers, three changes of government. Okay. And, you know, it's led to really a chaotic political scene in Malaysia. So I think uh, this anti-hopping law, which is seen as a kind of uh, held up as a cornerstone of this MOU between the understanding between the opposition and the government for kind of ceasefire Mm. is Mm. now in place. But, you know, having said that, I mean, there are loopholes and we'll only find out what they are when this thing is tested. 
I suspect that we're going to go into an interesting week or the weeks ahead because the laws are there. Will it mean that we're going to have some party, probably even AMNO itself, pulling the plug on Prime Minister Ismail Sabri to call for fresh elections? So right. these are situations, I think, that will test this new piece of legislation. Oh. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's foolproof. I suspect, from what we understand, we're talking with lawyers and everything else, there are loopholes here. Okay. So the loopholes will only be known when, you know, when this law is tested, actually. And I guess we'll be talking about it if or when it yeah, happens. Sure. Uh, let's see, just a final piece, uh, and we don't have much time. We'll try and get through this quickly. So the Indonesian Communications Ministry over the weekend blocked PayPal search engine website Yahoo, uh, as well as uh, several gaming services. What has happened here? I mean, why did Indonesia take such a drastic move to block PayPal Yahoo? Well, you know, the thing is that this was in place already. There was a uh, July 29 deadline for these platforms to actually uh, sign up with a government site, register their activities with the government page, or face a bet. Uh, we had, like, what well, is uh, Amazon, Google, and uh, Mesta. They rushed to meet the Friday deadline. I think this is just a small blip. Uh, these companies will need to register, and then, you know, their services will be put back in place. You know, So, regulatory hiccup, I don't think there's too much concern about this, that Indonesia is actually kind of banning these websites. You know, certainly not. You know, I think they're going to play a very important role in a country as large as Indonesia right. in forms of payment, forms of, you know, for finance. This is yeah. going to be a huge feature in Indonesia, especially okay. a country like Indonesia. I guess it makes the news simply because we're talking about names like PayPal and Yahoo, so big enough yeah. to make waves in that sense. Uh, alrighty, Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times, on the line with me. Leslie, as always, appreciate your time. Take care, have a great day. Yeah? Thank you. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.